From The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Samuel Taylor Coleridge And now the storm blast came, and he was tyrannous and strong. He struck with his overtaking wings and chased us south along. With sloping masts and dipping prow, as who pursued with yell and blow, still treads the shadow of his foe, and forward bends his head, the ship drove fast, loud roared the blast, and southward I we fled. And now there came both mist and snow, and it grew wondrous cold, and ice mast high came floating by as green as emerald, and through the drifts the snowy cliffs did send a dismal sheen, nor shapes of bin nor beast we kin, the ice was all between. The ice was here, the ice was there, the ice was all around. It cracked and growled and roared and howled like noises in a swound. At length did cross an albatross. Through the fog it came, as if it had been a Christian soul, we hailed it in God's name. It ate the food it never had ate, and round and round it flew. The ice did split with a thunder fit, the helmsman steered us through, and a good south wind sprung up behind, the albatross did follow, and every day for food or play came to the mariner's hollow. In mist or cloud, on mast or shroud, it perched for vespers nine, whilst all the night through fog smoke white glimmered the white moonshine. God save the ancient mariner from the fiends that plague thee thus. Why lookest thou so? With my crossbow I shot the albatross. This is Gothic. everybody we've had a break in the temperatures out here in the pacific northwest uh-huh. now it's a cool 80 degrees outside here at 7 34 p.m <laughs> on a wednesday night <laughs> oh it's so and beautiful oh boy right does 80 feel so good on monday when it was 115 by my car's thermometer outside uh, Kirsten and I went to actually see a movie movie at the theater because Oregon had opened up their theaters to Just as many people as want to go in can go in. There were still only like three groups of us in the movie. It was possibly because we went to see a movie on a Monday night when it was super hot. Yeah. Um, none of the restaurants in the open air mall uh, were open except for three and all of those three had like over an hour wait so we wound up eating popcorn and hot dogs in the movie theater and beer valid but we were walking around trying to find a restaurant that was open and got like super hot and then finally just went into the movie and did the whole movie thing and when we came out the weather had broken and it was cool and there was dust hanging in the air everywhere it was Awful. It was so much like uh, back when I lived in Mexico, when you'd have a storm there, or a front would come through, you wouldn't get rain and such where I was, which was in the desert. You'd get like this dust just hanging in the air and this uh, sometimes this high howling 
of the winds in the upper atmosphere, but there wouldn't be any down low. So it was kind of nostalgic for me. Kind of made me think of, uh, you know, old Mexico. I was just there. Nice. Oh, yeah, you were in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. How was Puerto Vallarta? I've, I've been once. I got my tattoo there. Uh, interestingly enough, some of the people that went with us got a tattoo while they were there. <laughs> uh, actually, it's one of my favorite cities to, to travel to. A wonderful view, wonderful weather. You know, so many of the resort settings that you go to are just that. That's the only thing there. Puerto Vallarta is a city. There's culture. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. We did get to see a, a really good storm. There was a hurricane nearby that was headed up to Cabo. And it kept splintering off storms and throwing them our direction. So uh, one of those hit the bay. I'm the idiot standing out on the balcony with the camera, re- trying to record all the lightning strikes and you know uh, doing that. And until uh, somebody called me uh, names and told me I needed to get off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, say, Jesse, do you have any live shows coming up here? Actually, um, I'm doing the. Uh... The Westside Shakespeare Festival in Beaverton on the library lawn. Oh, hell yeah. I'll go to that. I live there. I get to play Shakespeare. So dinner, the feast that we're doing more of the acting at is um, kind of more in the evening, six to seven before they start the actual show. Um, They're actually going to be playing the complete works of William Shakespeare. Abridged. That one is great. Yeah, we're kind of like the pre-show during the fest, and I get to actually play William That's Shakespeare, great. so that'll be a lot of fun. I did it two years ago for the same thing. It'll it'll be fun to actually get back out and start doing some more outer acting instead of this Zoom <laughs> acting and podcasting. Other than that, I've got things in August, a uh, fun um, B-movie sci-fi bingo thing that I'm going to help run. Uh, where I get to play Ed Wood, <laughs> and then doing the Villains and Vixens oh, thing yeah. for Torch Song Theater. I haven't got to uh, see Villains and Vixens yet, but... Uh... You need to come out for a Villains and Vixens. That's see, a that's good one. that's what's sad. Now you make me want to go see all these things, but I'm so far away. <laughs> you know, uh, Richard, um, flights are cheap these days. <laughs> <laughs> the airlines really want you to fly. <laughs> now, it, it's going to be possible because high on our list next year is to get out there to the uh, new hockey stadium. You guys got a oh, new yeah. team coming there in Seattle, and uh, so we, we're probably going to wind up there at some point. We should all go to Elk Island. <laughs> <laughs> How about and, no? <laughs> and on that note, you have just had some long conversations over many alcoholic beverages with the last surviving, as far as you know, member of the FBI team that has come out to Elk Island to investigate things, Al Nizoni. And Al has made several revelations about himself and a few uh, about his lack of knowledge of things going on on the island. But the most telling thing that has happened is that Carl has pushed, just now pushed a piece of paper with a sketch of Fog Mountain and a giant body inside of it and it's just said what was it you said carl i think what we're seeing is a corpse and i say corpse because i like the idea of it being dead as opposed to sleeping oh i hadn't thought of that it would be our luck wouldn't it something coming rampaging out of the ground i really hope to wake up from this (laughs) 
I used to <laughs> dr- daydream about waking up for my own life, and now here I am. Yeah. Allison just sits there with um, tears running down her face. Skeen. Oh. Jason instantly shuts up at that. Oh. And your friends, she says to Owl. Owl just nods. Um, yes, so... So my thought here is, you've got until three o'clock the next afternoon, at best, before the ferry uh, comes back to Elk Island. Uh, what, what is your plan? What do you want to... Well, now, what do you want to do? But what do you feel you can do here? I know that Gigi is wanting to flee, and so the fairy is on her mind. Yes, I fully intended to sleep in the car down at the dock, um, perhaps taking watches in shifts or something. Um, But uh, I don't know that I'll be able to sleep anyway until we are far, far away. Far away from here. Some kind of rest. Some kind of rest would be really good at this point. And I know it's a crazy idea, but where is the least likely place they would expect us to go? Not the cabin, not the house, and not the lodge. Of course. Um, uh, and any other uh, where um, the FBI agents are staying at the lodge? Yes, uh, we, uh, we were staying at the lodge. That's not a good idea. And any of the other local inns? There aren't any other local inns. <laughs> There's Airbnbs. Oh, Puget Sound, I love you. Um, we could go to the jail. That's what I was thinking. We could go talk to Officer Fresk. <sighs> um, with your clout, Owl, I think we could get in and be able to get a little bit of rest for the night before we investigate he- here's further. Here's the thing, Jason. First of all, that place is awful. Second of all, Officer Fresk uh, is liable to be asleep in his wherever he lives because it's it's what time is it? Long Don't you past remember midnight? the the two days we spent in those holding All cells? Too well. He never slept. He had like three hours of sleep a night. Was drinking coffee all the time and. I can see why the yeah, man somebody is. Has like, to be the, somebody has to be the universal opposite of me. So, I, I, with, with an FBI agent in tow, I don't see why he would refuse us, and I feel that is a safer place than anywhere else at this point in time. What do you think, Al? He's been on his uh, phone, typing with his thumbs, and he goes, um, well, there is that option, although Frest does not strike me as perhaps the most... Competent, amiable. Yeah, I was going to go with competent, but uh, your your evaluation is much nicer. Um, person, I knew I liked you. How do you feel about a um uh, a refurbished tugboat? Can we can can we leave the island and go offshore and sleep offshore? Because that would be amazing. It says it's non-functional except as a <sighs> tugboat house. Are there paddles? I would totally take it. It's on Verbo. Oh. I would take it. I mean, nobody's going to expect it. <laughs> as much it. as I hate to give my money to Verbo, uh, <laughs> it is true that no one will look for us there, probably. What do you have against Verbo? <laughs> Says Al. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the Bay Area. Every available rental property is either $2,000 a month or a Verbo. Uh, this one is uh, 75 a night. 
Let's take it. (laughs) (laughs) Slight giggle at Gigi again in her drunken, let's take it. Let's do it. So he types in some more and then he pulls out, well, he pulls out his wallet and then he goes, oh yeah. And he goes over and um, retrieves his uh, FBI credit card from the, uh, from the uh, bar um, where he had left it earlier in the day, a thousand years ago. When when he paid for our dinner. (laughs) And uh, he comes back and he puts that info in and he has this uh, habit while he's doing all of this. He's, he's pretty much um, got his tongue stuck out between his teeth and he's just kind of chewing on his tongue as he thumb types. Oh my God. I do that too in real life. Are you guys uh, going to do any chatting while he is securing you? Uh, I'm going to lean across the table to uh, Carl and Jason and be like, we found the book also. You found the book? Yes. I wasn't going to ask. Owl if he knew anything about it until we were in a safer place. But um Okay, because if you hadn't, we would have to go back up to the mansion because we and that I think we need that book. Unacceptable. I'm like gripping the my coat is all bundled up on the on the uh bench uh next to me and uh I have one hand on it. Okay. Owl doesn't know, so Do um, we want to tell him about it? I think we need to. And I think we can trust him. He has some kind of power. I was thinking to resources. He's resist. studied arcane arts and marks and things, and I don't know what there is in here. So he, we might need him to tr- translate. Wait, resist? Resist what? Uh, resist the. Okay, I think he has the power to resist the effects that are going on right now. He is. Um, for lack of a better term, wizard. All right, we're keeping him. <laughs> you said something about a voodoo doll, right? Oh, yeah. He knows about this stuff. He, you brought it out, and he knows about this yes, stuff. He studied a lot of different things, and I think we should at least... Trust him long enough. Extract as much information as we can, but honestly, I think we can trust him. I think I have another ring. <sighs> Uncle Carl, you have a you have a few uh uh quite a few less wrinkles than uh <laughs> than the last time I saw you, I believe. And Carl, he likes to kind of do the you know, he'll kind of hold his hand so, yeah, so, hands up again. So Carl does seem to have old eyes. <laughs> you you look different, by the way. I feel different, but I was meaning more of the uh, wrinkle in your plan. Oh, somehow my well, yes, the entire thing is a walnut yes but what specifically are you thinking about somehow my daughter-in-law seems to be a key piece of this puzzle whatever that is and he kind of vaguely points up towards the mountain and the lighthouse area whatever that is we encountered wants her that's unfortunate because the last wants candace the last time i saw her she was up at the library being menaced um, to death by uh by dear cousin william don't forget the slurping sounds that you heard. Yes. Oh my god, the slurping sounds. That was horrible. It it, it was unpleasant. I, um, I'm not certain what we do about that, but I am certain that she's, she's an important piece of this puzzle for some reason. Makes me wonder if she hasn't always been. Maybe... I don't suppose... Maybe that wedding was preordained, manufactured. What's the right word? Well, depending on what denomination you subscribe to. 
If that's the case, is my son's death not an accident? Or was it her plan? Now that I can subscribe to, that she was scheming this whole time. Was there anything she said that stands out? And you see Carl, like, he, these thoughts are occurring to him as he said them. So, you know, he has that look on his face where he, he's kind of trying to think back through everything and replay everything. He's viewing it all in a new light. They're just suspicions. I, I, she was clever. She never gave anything away, but I, I, I believe she may have been wrapped up in this all along, but I'm not certain how. Well, it obviously has to do with the Kane bloodline, and that's why we're all targets. And in a weird, I really don't want to weigh, I want to actually know what the hell is going on with the Kane family and what the links are to these events that are going on around us. I actually agree. I think... As much as I would like to just leave, I think we won't be able to truly escape until we understand what is happening, and uh, only from there can we put a definite stop to it. At which Allison kind of, she hits the table and stands up and goes, what the hell happened to Skeen? Everybody in the bar looks over. Uh, Allison, sit back down. As they go back about their business, and Allison calms down, and we kind of usher her down. Oh, well, I think you probably, if you want to try to calm Allison down, <laughs> there probably oh. ought to be a roll for that. <laughs> Finally, a roll! Let's call that a persuade, shall we? <laughs> persuade, you got it. Oh, but look at the tension level and the tension points. They're only at five. It's so amazing! It's almost like having the temperature be at 80 degrees after it's been at 115. <laughs> See, that's what happened. It was the tension level generated so much heat. <laughs> That's what it was. That is a total 13, not a roll of 13. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you you can get her to sit back down, and, and shortly everybody goes back to what they were doing. It does look like um, Owl is about to be finished at the bar and, and is about to come back over. Uh, I want to hear this also, but could we maybe wait until we're someplace without a bunch of potential eavesdroppers. We'll, we'll save it till then. Al returns and says, all right, I've got the uh, place. Um, I, uh, I took it for um, two nights uh, because that was their minimum, but uh, hopefully um, I'll be able to get you guys off of the island tomorrow and uh, to some semblance of safety and then... I will call in some reinforcements and wrap things up here or something. Anyway, uh, we have two vehicles, so we should be able to go caravan style. And I don't want anybody to be alone. So everybody should, you know, partner up for the night at least. There shouldn't ever be anybody off by themselves. I think that's the best route to go. Uh, so uh, here, and he spends a couple of seconds on his phone, and everybody gets a ding. But it's just down at the docks. Um, it's uh, Pier 5. Shouldn't be too hard to find. Uh, let's get down there. Let's, uh, hell, I don't know. Let's get down there and put salt around all the doors. I have no idea. But let's let's get down there and, and re rejoin this in progress down there. And you guys do notice that as your phones ding, you guys kind of look down, 
Um, the Carl's just kind of sitting there looking at you guys almost questioningly, you know, just kind of studying what you're doing. Obviously, he has no such phone or idea what the hell it is. He's got old Carl's memories now. He should know what phones are. Yeah, but some things just, they're, they're not quite there. <laughs> Fair. You know, the, the memories kind of jumble up. So he has those moments where uh, it doesn't all make sense. And uh, it takes him a minute to kind of remember what's, what it is you're doing. All right. Um, who wants to come in the rental? I'll go with you and Allison. I guess that means you're with me, uh, Carl. Looks that way. Says Owl. Even though I have so many more questions for Owl and Carl. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, at this point, I, yeah, I would ride with Gigi and Allison. As it turns out, Owl has a few questions for Carl as well. And he brings those up as you are driving down the not too long a distance to the docks. I mean, from the Bad Fish Brew uh, Co., it's really only going to be probably less than, you know, five minutes down there. But, um, Carl, Owl does turn to you along the way and say, So, I've been trying to put this together, and it's just not been clicking for me. But something's going on. There's some uh, connection between you, Carl, and the Carl that, I guess, was up there in those caves. And given what we've seen, I don't want to speculate too far, but I've got to say that I've been doing a lot of speculating in my head, (laughs) nonetheless. Uh, So, what's going on with you? I wish I could explain it. I may not have all the answers that you need or that you're looking for, but the connection is simple. I'm him. We're one and the same. Somehow. How is that possible? That's the part I can't explain. This this body was, was brought forth from another time, and we managed to, I guess, recombine is the right word. My My spirit, my soul, there is such a thing, is now in this body. Something, someone made that happen. Well, who? I felt all along as if the forces working here aren't all working for the same end, but I don't know what their goals are, and just because they're not working together doesn't mean they're not all working against us. That that sounds foreboding. But the spirit that led me up there originally, led old me up there initially, was, was, wasn't what we met. It was a different spirit of a different sort, and I don't know what their goal was. And, and how do you... How did this... Uh... A younger body come to be. This was me in the war. The, the memories they they sink up. They, they they were they were there. I was there. They were real. But somehow this body got brought forth from that time. Hmm. I mean, but you don't know how. I don't know how. I I mean, I consider it decidedly convenient for me. Isn't this the the dream of every old man? A chance to go back, have the young body. Well, I don't know the, the wisdom. I mean, you were. If I remember correctly, in your nineties, um, is it is it your dream? It wasn't really, but I'd kind of accepted my my fate. So I'm a little hesitant to to know what to do. But how often have you heard people say, "If I uh, knew now, or knew now what I knew then, or how does that go?" That's wrong. <laughs> if I knew then what I know now, yes, that. Sorry. Now and then, sometimes get a little jumbled up for me still. Hmm. And now you're what? 18? 19? 
actually old wood Carl have been right around there, I do believe. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I, Carl, old Carl was 90. So this is taking place in 2015. Let's see. That would have been uh, 42. Yeah, it would have been 1942. So uh, let's say 18. All right. Oh, this is it here. And um, he pulls the SUV up underneath the yellow glow of a sodium light uh, there at the docks, a single pool of illumination at the end of a pier that says, has a sign that just has a single placard that says five on it. And shortly thereafter, um, Gigi pulls diagonally across two parking spaces in her rental. The tugboat that is going to be your home for the night is indeed a renovated one, completely gutted uh, from its engine and such to create more living space, presumably. And in fact, uh, that lower area where the engine used to be, the largest area, is a combination kitchen and dining room, which is pretty well, pretty well done. It's it's pretty nice place actually. The uh, there are also a couple of bedrooms uh, there on that lower level, uh, the lowest level. No windows though, because part of it is underwater. And then the uh, upper section, the wheelhouse area. Uh, has been made into a kind of a lounge area. And then uh, above that, where the wheelhouse was, is a um, uh, just sort of a sunroom library with a few books and plants and things. And then the deck itself uh, has uh, a couple of potted ferns and some patio furniture out on it. Jason gives, like, one of those... No offense, Gigi, but this is so much better than the hunting cabin. Yes, especially now that it's burned to the ground. Sorry about that. Maybe I'll, uh, you know... Oh, the cabin didn't burn, uh, says Owl. I mean, part of it did. There's some smoke damage. It's still it's still standing? No, it, yeah, it apparently was very resistant to flames. Well, that's something. At least I'll have a place to live when this is all over. All right. Well, you are at the tugboat. Oh my god, with the questions. I'm going to start opening all the cabinets and just searching through all the cabinets, seeing what all is in the cabinets. Um, there is no alcohol. <laughs> I open the refrigerator and then the freezer and then, uh, you know, the drawers under the sinks. <laughs> Nope, but there is a liquor store on Main Street. You could go out and <sighs> grab uh, grab something. Here's the problem, though, says Gigi in character. I don't want to go back outside. <laughs> you get at least one survival point for going off on your own and or for using your bad habits. Yes, but I, I don't want to go back outside. So you've been searching around. Gigi seems a little preoccupied, rushing I'm around. I'm listening. I call from the other room. <laughs> I'm looking like under the couch. <laughs> Downstairs in the kitchen area, dining, living. What What is going on downstairs in the tugboat again? So where the engine was in the lower section is the, uh, I mean, that's the main living spaces now. Okay. So there are uh, two bedrooms, a, a dining room and kitchen kind of together, but, you know, with a with an island separating them and it's all decorated very nicely the 
The walls are painted in an, in a bright, cheery color. <laughs> what color is it, Patrick? <laughs> it's bright and cheery. Blue. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I would I would think like we would slowly like congregate, move into that area, congregate in the sitting area, whatever is the easiest sitting area where all of us yeah. could kind of sit around comfortably. Yeah, and I think um, in Gigi's state of mind, uh, I think uh, not having any windows is, is pretty comforting. So that's, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, not having windows sounds great. So, all right. Uh, are, is everybody starting to settle in then? Oh, Carl's already asleep. I mean, we all have a feeling that we all need to discuss a little bit more. We just wanted to do it somewhere more private. I, I'll, I'll shout, I'm still listening as I go check the cabinets in the bathroom, just in case. Owl is sitting at the dining room table, sketching uh, fairly intently. If Owl was still kind of checking things out, I would have like found a more comfortable place to sit. But since Owl is at the dining room table, I think that's where I would go. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll come. I mean, there's I'm, I'm it's a it's a verbo. There's not that much gonna gonna be that much stuff in it. I'll I'll come back in and uh, grumpily join everybody else at the table. <laughs> but Carl is in one of the bedrooms sleeping or a chair. I mean, he just came from World War II. You know, he's a soldier. You sleep anywhere you can. <laughs> <laughs> there could be there could be a um. What's the most grandpa chair? A beige colored poofy recliner of faux leather. Oh, an old lazy yeah, boy. Yeah, an old lazy boy. One of the ones where you have to have, you have the lever on the side and it pops the thing out. Owl looks up as you uh, all start to sit down and he looks over at um, Carl in, in the um, Lazy Boy. And uh, he says, look, you guys should probably get some sleep. It's after midnight. Uh, I'll keep first watch. I don't think it's a bad idea to actually, uh, this is the strangest thing I've said this month, uh, to put salt around all the entrances. But uh, I'll take care of that during my watch. So you guys just go get some sleep. Well, you've got some help with that because you said yourself, none of us should be separated. None of us should be alone. Mm. Well, yeah, but we're not alone here on the boat, right? You are if all of us are passed out. Mm. Well, all right. I'll stay up with you for first watch. Well, there's a... Do you want to do second watch with me? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, um, Yeah, I mean, there's only the two bedrooms, too, so we got to figure that out, I guess, so... Carl, are you willing to take third watch if I help out with that one? And if you can help out with that one too, Owl, that'd be great. Carl wakes up momentarily and mumbles something that sounds like sure. And then immediately goes right back to sleep. What do you say to that, Owl? Uh, it's probably not the worst idea I've heard, although everybody should try to get as much rest as they can. I'm, I want to say that uh, with, with Dawn, it's going to, you know, everything's going to become clearer and easier but man i mean yes we can see all the awfulness by full clear daylight it'll be great yeah because i mean it was still daylight when we were up there i mean there's no safety in the sun i don't think here on this island completely agree (sighs) on that cheery note i'm a carny i'm good with either working traveling performing catch what sleep you can i i don't need a lot of sleep uh, Jason, you and Al take a couple of uh, containers of salt because there seems to be plenty of salt on the uh, <laughs> on the tugboat uh, around, and just uh, dump it. One of them is uh, non iodized, though, and Al looks at it for a really long time and goes, "You know, I've never considered whether it's the iodine or not that is, uh, <laughs> you know, what what's supposed to be anti spirit." <laughs> 
And I, yeah, I'd chuckle and just be like, yeah, I don't have the slightest clue either, and this is all new to me. How much of this do you know, or how much have you at least gleaned? Man, you know, I got that weekly D&D game I was talking about. <laughs> like I said, in my youth, I studied this stuff a lot. It was, you know, I wanted to, it was just one of those things I was looking for my culture, but, you know, I was looking for it in wrong places, and, you know, none of this crap is my, you know, my native heritage. But what about that one you were using, like, pointedly? Yeah, you know, you know what that is? That's something I got out of a frickin', um, it was a, it was like a fan art of Lovecraft stuff. You know, it's not even real. I mean, somebody made it up. Well, I'm sorry, but it seemed to work. I, I am not sorry that it seemed to work. It was the only thing that I could think of. It was supposed to be for protection, and... Well, so far it seems to be the only protection at this point, and if you can either teach it to us, or or if you know any more extensive origins on that specific marking, it's the only thing that seemed to really have an effect of what's going on right now. Hell, I don't know, but maybe... Um... I mean, we've, in the FBI, we've been playing at this stuff a lot. I mean, we've seen some things, but nothing like this. I mean, most of it could be explained away if you tried hard enough, you know, or even genetic mutation stuff. But, but this is, this is, uh, beyond all that. Like gods? Like giant angelic beings? Like Goliaths? Like... Whatever it is Carl's talking about, that is the giant corpse that is um, Elk Mountain. There was the Piltdown Man, you know, that was a hoax, though, or at least so it was explained. The Shake, shake, shake of the salt. The Piltdown <laughs> Man, you know, was, was found, this giant skeleton, but I think even that was only like, what, 9, 18 feet? What are we talking here? We're talking something that's supposed to be, what, uh... Like Godzilla sized? What are we What are we looking at here? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm thinking. We were inside of that cave that Carl thinks is the inside of this corpse's chest. I mean, it felt weird. Felt weird. And like, and you say you you lost your memories right in that area too, which I don't doubt, given the powers that were at play. But uh, but your friends, you know, I mean, your friends Skeen. I mean, what they. They ripped their own head off, I guess. I don't even know how that's possible, but... I don't think Skeen ripped their own head off. And I'm more worried about what the blood of the canes can be used for when it comes to these beings here on this island. And I say beings with complete and utter um, confusion, because I don't know how to refer to what we saw. Uh, yeah, we need more information, and I don't, I don't quite know where to go for that, except the... Anything in your histories, especially, uh, especially pertaining to that mark on your left arm that you were tracing. Again, it was fan fiction. <laughs> Which fan fiction? What do you know about it? Look, Jason, I did a lot of stuff when I was young. What, like shrooms? <laughs> Acid? Uh, Peyote? Uh, I was going to say rode my dirt bike really fast, but... Um... <laughs> That's a weird euphemism. 
<laughs> Is that what they're calling it these days? <laughs> I'm I'm open ears. I mean, fill me in. Meanwhile, <laughs> mm. in the uh, bedroom with where Gigi and Allison have uh, laid down, there are uh, two beds actually in each of these bedrooms because the space on this uh, on the lower level of this uh, tugboat is actually pretty large. It smells still a little bit faintly of oil. I mean, they've never been able to get rid of that, but uh, it. there's also uh, these incense um, candles around. Allison falls asleep fairly quickly. Does Gigi? No, I think Gigi uh, would have had a hard time sleeping anyway. I think Gigi's going to toss and turn for a little bit, and uh, as soon as she's like, you know, hey, Allison's all the way asleep. Uh, I think Gigi is going to get up. Is there like a um, like an ensuite bathroom or anything or a closet that has a light in it? There is a single bathroom, which is on this lower level, uh, but it is uh, kind of down the hall. It's like where you first come down the very steep ladder well from the upper deck to the uh, hallway that goes by the two bedrooms and then opens up almost immediately past those bedrooms into the uh, dining room kitchen area, which is still brightly lit at this time because Jason and Owl have left the lights burning in there where Carl is also sleeping, still on his chair. I'm going to go down to the bathroom and uh, shut myself in there with the book and I'm going to open the book and look at it. Okay. Oh, no. You open the book. Please roll for me, <laughs> Gigi. Oh, damn it. Ah. You must not. Escape or protect, uh, whichever one you think is. I don't even know if opening the book would raise the tension. No, it does, uh, by three. <laughs> Thanks for what? mentioning that. <laughs> oh, why did I have to open Who's my mouth? Are you on? <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's not a 13, but it's uh, it's not good either. It's an 11. Okay. Unless you wish to spend a survival point to reroll that, one of your survival points turns black. Oh, no. You have a different coverage. Of- oh, no. Okay. So use your different colored survival point tokens uh, to substitute out one of your regular uh, survival points. Uh, so, a uh, quick, like, rules-based thing, does that still act like a regular survival point, or, uh, is it, uh... No, you can no longer spend that okay. one. Okay, all right, good to know. You open the book, and you feel its tendrils, like, rise up. You don't see them. Not like, uh, in our cutaway, where, uh, when William Kitteridge first opened the book, there in the safety deposit box area of the bank, and the black tentacles mm-hmm. all rose up out of it and swarmed him. It's not that bad, fortunately, but you feel them. You feel these wisps of cold rise up out of this book, bone cold, and they seem to almost find their way into your the marrow of your own bones, and you shiver from it all. and. There are dark, dark thoughts in your head. And among those dark thoughts is you twisting off Skeen's head 
but you seem slightly taller. <laughs> oh, that's great. That that really makes up for it. Um, but the page you turn to, interestingly enough, has a lighthouse drawn on it. Huh. Oh, no. Does it, is it just, just, just look like an, an illustration, or is there anything weird about it? It is, uh, it is an illustration with a lot of tiny notes beside it in a very cribbed handwriting. And there are dimensions, like measurements, that seem very specific to sections of the lighthouse. And then there's a breakaway that has imagery of what you, you immediately assume is the light. Mm-hmm. I think having, like, not immediately, like, died or seen, you know, like, here's how to summon uh, Cthulhu or whatever, Gigi would probably <laughs> just, like, uh, do one of those things where you, like, put your thumb on the edge of the pages and just flip a bunch of pages and just kind of, like, skim and look and see if anything catches her eye. This is going to be my roll, then, since you just rolled. I'm going to roll Obscure against your Identify. Oh, goodness. I rolled an 18. While Gigi investigates the book, Carl, you slumber in your chair, and in your slumbers, you see something again, and you see, you see Candace Kane again, but now it is in the library of the manor house. Uh, the a library that has changed from uh, when even when older Carl was last there, but still identifiable as such because of where the windows are, the way that the bookshelves are. But you see something, a thing, roiling, blackness, dark, cold, cold of heart more than cold of of temperature, cold of soul, and. It is William Kitteridge, but there inside the cloaks that make up the darkness that is William Kitteridge, there are forms and shapes, and you see them clawing to get out, and you see, again, Candace Kane. You also see William's younger brother, Kit. And you see others that you don't recognize necessarily, maybe one or two that you recognize from around the town, having just seen them kind of on the street or up at the lodge. But again, your vision kind of focuses on the area of, of Candace and, and Kit, and that voice echoes in your head again. Find the lost. What does dreaming Carl do? Well, for anyone in the room, at some point they, they hear Carl just saying that. You know, at first it's kind of a, a, a mumble, but then it becomes more audible as he's just saying, find the lost, find the lost, find the lost. But he's clearly still asleep. So if anybody else is in the room, they might hear that. Well, there might be someone else in the room. Jesse, would you be so kind as to roll and identify for Jason? All right. Thirteen. Thirteen total not on the roll. Uh, would you like to leave that, or...? I will spend a survival <laughs> point to re-roll. Do it! Do it now! I get one, then, for myself. Attention point, that is. Yeah, that didn't help. Twelve. You can keep spending them if you like. 
Um, no, because I need to gain some back during my sleep, yo. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I'm allowed to spend tension points on whatever I want, including for your benefit. And I would like to spend three of them in order to make that a success. Ooh. So you happen, Jason, to uh, be coming back into the kitchen dining room area with Owl, having finished your rounds, having gone all along the deck and all along the railings, just uh, putting salt all around, and then just for good measure at each of the uh, doorways, uh, each of the lintels as you um, come in and down. But you happen to be coming back into the uh, area where Carl is as he is turning in his sleep and muttering, uh, find the lost. And I need LJ to roll. Whoa, wait, hold on. Wait a wait, minute. Wait, wait. Okay, cool. <laughs> I need LJ to roll a uh, investigate a mystery check. Whoa! Okay, hold on. I'm opening. This is as we talk. Unprecedented, folks. We're now playing two games in one. Roll making. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, this is cool. Um, it won't take me long to bring it up. Investigate a mystery is uh, sharp. Oh yeah, LJ doesn't have any sharp. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, back to the d6s. That's okay. I have my bone dice handy. Oh, yeah, that's a five. <laughs> oh, wait, does LJ still get experience <laughs> on that? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Interesting. LJ. Uh, LJ. LJ. Can I spend a survival point to have LJ re-roll? <laughs> no, you could spend a luck point for it to be a, a complete success. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> All right. That's two luck points on LJ now. LJ, you are in a dining room uh, kitchen area for a moment, at least. It smells of fish, and you're holding a container of salt and... There, there are a couple of people nearby. Uh, one of them you see is uh, sleeping in a chair, but bears some resemblance, not a lot, but some, to Nathan Winters. The person next to you who's talking to you, but you're not really registering what they're saying, does not resemble anybody that you know. They have high cheekbones and a... A slightly darker complexion, military-style haircut, but uh, you see tattoos sticking up above the collar of their unbuttoned government-issued shirt. And the figure in the chair is saying, find the lost. And then you feel this wash of double knowledge as you... Remember both yourself as LJ and yourself as Jason. It's only momentarily and only briefly, but in that time, you can ask two questions from the... Uh... For the investigative mystery? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hold two. So you can ask two questions from the hold a mystery, or hold a mystery, <laughs> from the investigative mystery Hold that options. mystery. And they can apply to things here. Oh. Wow. 
Oh, oh this man. This is a cool crossover. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of leading into... I, I want to play off of it because it's a lot of what Jason's thinking about when he's asking Carl these questions. He's trying to find out what the history is, if there, if uh, he knows anything that uh, can defeat it. Um, I'm going to go with what is it going to do and what can hurt it? LJ, using the knowledge that Jason has in this brief moment of dual lucidity. I like that. You, what was the first question? <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are we doing again? Where are we um, at? Uh, how many drinks have I what had? What is it well, going to do? <laughs> oh yeah, what is it going to do and what can hurt it? You realize that what is happening here is that, that Carl was right. That Carl was correct in that the thing isn't sleeping, it's dead, but that it dreams while it's dead. And that the things that are spinning off from those dreams of this dead thing want to wake it. And they can do that by spilling blood upon it. Something you, you don't know. all. Cane I mean, blood. You, that's what you're guessing. You, you don't know the details because Jason doesn't have all the pieces of the puzzle. But LJ, with a broader knowledge of the uncanny, of a lifelong association with Dr. Grace and with Haven Harrow, has more to draw on than Jason does. Okay. And so those are the things that you are putting together, that, that they, these things are somehow part of this being or our dreams may manifest in some way but they seem they can gain more consciousness more power more selfness if they wake it up more and 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 you know that for whatever reason they think that the cane blood can do that you don't know why now what can hurt it again you're limited here in just on what Jason's knowledge is, but being able to put together things that LJ can bring to the table. You know that there's got to be something in the the books or the house, because there's got to be some reason you realize why the house is the way that it is, that it's so maze-like, so convoluted, that there's a lighthouse out behind it. That those things are playing a part, and and that's the only thing that that you can come up with that that will hurt it. It being the the spinoffs. The a word comes to your mind: God shed. It's my new band name. God shed his mighty fur. <laughs> it's a, it's a or her mighty fur metal band. And then LJ. And Jason fall unconscious to the floor. Oh no! Ah, salt spilling, <laughs> salt spilling everywhere. Uh, the last thing you recognize is that Owl is like dropping to his knee next to you to you know check on you. And most of this knowledge that's so clear right now will be muted 
but you will have the impressions of it. Okay. Gigi. Yes. You hear a, a soft shout, really, from the dining room kitchen area. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I would uh, close the book and, uh, you know, go at least peek into the room. I don't think I'm going to come fully into the room because I kind of don't want to, like, be super obvious about the fact that I've just been reading the book secretly in the bathroom. Um, so I'm kind of, like, peeking around the corner, like, what's going on? As you do so, as you close the book, you feel it still inside of you, and you know you want to keep it and its knowledge secret and safe and for yourself. That tracks. Um, anything, anything wrong out here? Uh, would uh, Carl wake up with the... With a thud? You know, with somebody falling, you know, the thud of a body nearby and such. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty possible. He might... Uh... He'd probably do the groggy, like, you know, half open his eyes to, to look and see if there's a problem. Not seeing anything, obviously, you know, there's no monsters attacking him or anything. The moment he starts to close his eyes again before he realizes that there is a slumped figure on the floor. And then it's like, oh, 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 and kind of moves forward, uh, kneels down, and, you know, checks to make certain, to see if he's still alive. That's the first response. Go ahead and roll identify. See here. Um, ah, you. Guys, you guys are gonna hate me. Oh no! That that is a nine and a four. Oh no! <laughs> Good lord! It's oh, always no. a nine and a four. Oh no! 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 Oh. No! I mean, the good news is that's a twenty oh. total. Yeah. So he is not. What? He appears to be not alive. Um. Jason isn't breathing. Oh, oh. There's no heartbeat. Um. Is he all? Is is he all right? I call from the doorway. Uh, no, no, uh, no, what, what? I've got no heartbeat here. <laughs> and Al starts doing CPR. I'll, uh, I'm going to real quick, um, s- you know, s- slide the book under the bed in my bedroom and, uh, come back out and I'm going to start. No, uh, I'm sorry, Gigi. Oh, okay. As you start to turn to do that, you hear a whisper in your mind that says, I can save him. And then you know, it's the book. And at the same <gasps> time, Jason. In your unconsciousness, in your death, oh no! you are at a table. It is a bright, sunny breakfast nook table. There's sunlight streaming in through the windows. You feel birds are chirping outside. And sitting across from you is a figure, and that figure says, Hey, bro, thanks for tearing my head off. <gasps> and on that, what? we'll find out what happens next. <laughs> On the next episode of <laughs> The Gothic Podcast. Oh my god, you can't just drop that on a person. Holy I will, shit! I will kick you, oh Patrick. Next time I see you, I am going to kick Holy you. Moly. Oh, oh man. We're going to team up and come to your house. <laughs> the Gothic Podcast is an actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel. Starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery-Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Richard Southard. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland, with cover artwork by Jared George Art. Season 2 of the Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Monster of the Week RPG by Michael Sands and the Dead of Night RPG by Steam Power Publishing. Look us up by name on all the social medias or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for the Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please rate, review, and share, and check out our Patreon page, too. Thanks!
something. At least I'll have a place to live when this is all over. Here, on Elk Island. We have a cutaway to the Elk Island Tourism Bureau, which <laughs> has an advertisement that says, come to Elk Island, and you see a, a beautiful blue and green picture with the um, trees in the, in the background and the water, like, glistening off of it, where all your dreams can come true. Oh, no. That's not, that's not great. <laughs> okay, now each of us have to put forth a testimonial that appears right after that ad. Carl will be like, come to Elk Island and feel young again. <laughs> what's yours uh jesse <laughs> elk island where you can find your family in pieces <laughs> <laughs> oh damn damn you oh, no. oh. oh that hurts <laughs> <laughs>